having healthy relationships, being a part of a healthy and vibrant community has the potential of drastically changing our lives for the better, like few things do. Cultivating healthy relationships and community has the potential to make real and lasting impact in the community around us. Um, we could see our community transform uh, if we're willing and able to step into the kind of healthy relationships that the Bible calls us to, and the book of Philippians gives us a great example of. Uh, so as Shana alluded to, we are starting a new series tonight, uh, going through the New Testament book of Philippians um, for about the next six weeks. Uh, so like any book of the Bible, uh, six weeks isn't enough time. We could, we could say a lot about it, and we could spend probably a year in this book. But we're not going to do that. We're not going to go like word by word or verse by verse or anything. Um, we're going to say a lot about it, but we're not going to say everything. Uh, there are parts of this book that we're going to focus on, but there are parts that we'll skip over. And there are important parts that we'll skip over. But one of the major reasons that we're looking at this book is that it has a lot to say about building healthy relationships and community. Um, healthy relationships are essential to Christianity. Jesus very directly says that the world will know that we are his followers by the way that we love one another. So the world will see Jesus through our relationships. That's what Jesus says. And yet, it's one of the things that we struggle with the most. We tend to stay superficial in our relationships. Um, we tend to bail on relationships as soon as they get difficult or challenging. And the last 18 months have been particularly challenging, especially relationally, right? Right? Many of us have experienced ruptures in our relationships over things um, that we maybe have never had to really wrestle with before in such a broad way, like politics, like how we think about and interact with race and racism, uh, how we approach public health, which is not something that I ever thought about before 2020, um, and then how our faith plays into all of these things. And, and sadly, many of these issues or disagreements about these issues are, are now deal breakers in relationships. I'm sure you can think of a relationship that, of yours that, you, uh, that has either ended or has at least become significantly strained in the last 18 months. It's been a really trying time. There are things that you just don't talk about with certain people now because the potential fallout just isn't worth it, Right? I know we all feel this way to some degree. It seems harder than ever to have meaningful, healthy relationships. And so the hope of this series is to maybe give us just a few ideas to help reframe and rebuild and strengthen healthy relationships and community around here. Because we're called to be like Christ in the world. We're called to be agents of reconciliation in the lives of the people that God brings into our lives. We're called to healthy relationship and healthy community. So, enter the book of Philippians. Uh, this is perhaps my favorite non-gospel book of the New Testament, and I promise it's not because of the name. Uh, the book of Philippians is unique. Uh, like many books of the Old, Test Old Testament, which it is not a part of, like many books of the New Testament, it's a letter written by Paul. You may have heard of him. He wrote, like most of the New Testament, well, most of the books of the New Testament, but it's unlike any of the other letters that Paul, or any of the other letters that we still have of Paul's. Uh, all of Paul's other letters were written to churches or individuals um, with the sole purpose, uh, well, maybe not sole purpose, but primary purpose, usually to rebuke or correct. Like Paul's often yelling at people in his letters um, or trying to teach someone some piece of doctrine or both. He's trying to teach people and yell at them at the same time, which is an interesting tactic, but it seemed to work for him. Uh, 
Philippians is different. Philippians was written with the, uh, the purpose of expressing gratitude toward and to encourage a church that was already headed in the right direction. They didn't need to be yelled at. Uh, it's one of the most encouraging books you'll find in the New Testament, I think. Uh, through his writing, Paul develops and strengthens his relationship with this church in Philippi and models for us components for having Christ-like relationships which is fascinating because I don't think that that was Paul's primary reason for writing. I don't think that's what he was trying to do. It's not even clear that that he's conscious that he's doing it. But when we look through the book, uh, when we look at the book through the lens of how to have healthy Christ-like community, it's illuminating. And I hope that we all learn something these next few weeks that we're going to be looking at this book. Now, There's lots of interesting background information about the city of Philippi and the church that Paul is writing to there and how that church came to be that we don't have time to talk about tonight. I hope to talk about it at some point. Maybe I'll make a video online or something. Uh, But what you need to know for tonight is that this is a church that is really important to Paul, full of many joyful and committed relationships that he cherishes. And I think... That idea, right away, that idea of cherishing relationships is perhaps the first thing that comes through in this letter uh, and this portion of the text that we're going to be looking at tonight. Uh, We're going to be camped out in Philippians 1, verses 3 through 11, which goes like this. Every time you cross my mind, I break out in exclamations of thanks to God. Each exclamation is a trigger for prayer. I find myself praying for you with a glad heart. I'm so pleased that you've continued on in this with us, believing and proclaiming God's message from the day you heard it right up to the present. There's never been the slightest doubt in my mind that the God who started this great work in you would keep at it and bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day Christ Jesus appears. It's not at all fanciful for me to think about you this way, to think this way about you. My prayers and hopes have deep roots in reality. You have, after all, stuck with me all the way from the time I was thrown in jail put on trial, and came out of it in one piece. All along, you have experienced with me the most generous help from God. He knows how much I love and miss you these days. Sometimes I think I feel as strongly about you as Christ does. So this is my prayer, that your love will flourish and that you will not only love much, but well. Learn to love appropriately. You need to use your head and test your feelings so that your love is sincere and intelligent and not sentimental gush. Live a lover's life, circumspect and exemplary, a life Jesus will be proud of, bountiful in fruits from the soul, making Jesus Christ attractive to all, getting everyone involved in the glory and praise of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, as usual, Paul says a whole lot there in like just a little bit of space. But what is the primary thing that is going on in what we just read? What is the primary thing that he's doing? He's expressing gratitude for the people that he's writing to. He's expressing gratitude for them in a way that reaffirms and and, uh, even strengthens his relationship with them. Now, we've talked a lot about gratitude over the past few years. We've talked about how important it is, but primarily um, the ways that we've talked about it is through the lens of why gratitude is an important posture for us to develop and the effects that it has on us. But tonight, we're, we're going to shift that focus to be a bit more external, and we're going to talk about the effects of gratitude for others. It turns out, 
Gratitude is essential in developing and growing healthy relationships. Uh, in all the research I did for this talk, what I, I found a few different uh, psychology articles and psychological studies that all basically came to the same conclusion that um, expressing gratitude is vital in healthy relationships because it increases the sense of what psychologists call uh, value for uh, the person to whom gratitude is being expressed. Which sounds really like cynical and weird, but uh, basically if you express gratitude towards someone, you feel a, an increase in how much you value them. And they also at the same time uh, experience an increase in value toward you, which is interesting. So both the people involved in this relationship uh, experience an increase in their sense of value to each other when one expresses gratitude to the other. And we see that in this text, in what we just read. Uh, Paul does three things. First, he expresses gratitude for the people that he's writing to and tells them why he's grateful for them. And then he tells them uh, that his love and affection for them are growing day by day. And then finally, he tells them that he prays to God for them and then tells them exactly what he prays about for them. These are all significant things for Paul to, to communicate to these people. Um, all of these are intentional efforts from Paul and they all signal and communicate, um, like suggested by those psychological studies I was talking about, just how much he values the people that he's writing to. Now, I think what psychologists are identifying as value here, we, we would just call love. Paul is communicating his gratitude for, for his readers, which effectively and profoundly communicates his love for them. And in doing so, this increases both his feelings of love toward them and their feelings of love toward him. This seems really obvious, right? Like, why do we need to take the time to talk about this? Gratitude is essential for healthy relationships because it expresses and fortifies the sense of love between both parties involved. It's super obvious. Of course that's going to happen. But what's weird is, for whatever reason, the vast majority of us still fail to do this very obvious thing in our relationships. We, we tend to think that we, uh, for whatever reason, that we don't need to communicate gratitude and love to the people in our lives because we assume that they already know the way that we feel about them. And sadly, uh, this is more and more true the closer the relationship. The closer people are to us, the more redundant it can feel to directly express to them that we're grateful for them and why we're grateful for them. I feel very guilty of this with some of my closest relationships, even my relationship with Michaela. Like, I don't think to express my gratitude to her for her or for her to her because I assume that she already knows, which is kind of dumb. <laughs> when it comes to other people in our lives, so many of us unconsciously or otherwise think like, they know that I love them. It's obvious. I don't need to tell them. But it turns out we really need to tell them. We need to tell others that we're grateful for them and why and we need to be told the same thing by others. Which really makes all the sense in the world when you think about it. Uh, I think it makes perfect sense in, in times when I've experienced this in my life. Uh, for instance, a couple of years ago, on a weekly basis, I was meeting with a group of uh, people. And a couple months into it, this, this new guy joined our group. And I don't know if you've ever had... <laughs> this is going to make me sound like a really 
mean guy. Uh, I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but sometimes when you meet someone, you just know, like, this person isn't for me. Like, we're just not going to get along. Uh, we don't click. Like, I don't hate you or anything, but, like, no, just stay over there. And this guy was that. Like, right away I knew, like, this just, he's so the opposite of me and not in ways that I enjoy. And so uh, we just kind of, I just kind of avoided him. And then um, something came up where uh, he promised to do something and didn't do it, and I called him out on it. Like, in front of the group. I, I wasn't mean, I don't think, but, like, it was, it was, it was hard. It was pretty bad. And I figured, like, okay, well, like, good. <laughs> Not good. That's the end of, like, any potential relationship that we might have because now, like, there's just animosity. And he started doing this thing that initially drove me crazy. After I called him out, like, in the weeks that followed, every time we got together, he would tell me something that he appreciated about me that I said that week or did, and it drove me insane. <laughs> because I thought... Um, this is maybe how uh, manipulative some of my other relationships have been, but I thought, I know exactly what you're doing, guy. Like, I know that you're just trying to get me to like you, and because I know that that's what you're doing, it's not going to work. And uh, then he, he would keep doing this, and then um, at the end of our time together, we would always pray for someone else in the group. And he started praying for me every single time. And I was like, I know what you're up to. It's not going to work. And it totally worked. Even though I felt like I knew what he was doing, he wore me down to the point where I was like, this person really cares about me. And now he's one of my favorite people to be around. Not because he thinks I'm cool, but because he is still to this day, I don't see him nearly as often, but he still to this day is super encouraging to me every time I see him. Which lets me know that it's, it wasn't just a ploy. And I actually asked him about this. I told him like my whole perspective and like how I thought that he was just trying to get in with me and how like, even though I knew that that's what he was trying to do, it worked. And he said like, that's not, <laughs> that's not what I was trying to do. I knew once you called me out that you were someone I could trust. And I just wanted you to know the things that I was seeing in you and that I cared about you, which made me feel like a fantastic human being. Um, <laughs> but the point is, in our relationships with others, it's so easy to choose judgment, right? It's so easy to choose resentment uh, for us to just write people off instantly and like stick to that. Uh, it's easy for us to choose comfort. Any of these things is easier than gravitating first towards gratitude. But if we want healthier and deeper and more satisfying and joyful relationships, um, relationships that reveal Christ to the world, we need to stop assuming that other people can read our minds and start expressing our gratitude for them directly to them, and tell them why. It's a small thing, but it becomes increasingly, uh, an increasingly strong foundation for building real relationships and community. And so I know some weeks uh, I get up here and say things, and it's like I have no idea what to do with that. But this week is really easy, really simple. Try this. This week, tell someone that you're grateful for them and tell them why even if it's a very close relationship that has never had anything like this in it before that would feel like this is going to be weird to just suddenly start doing this. Start. Push through your perceived awkwardness. It's almost actually, it's, it's actually never awkward. Like almost never awkward. And even if it is, it's always less awkward than you think it's going to be. 
Like imagine someone who just doesn't like you and thinks that you're trying to manipulate, that they're trying to, yeah, they're trying to manipulate you. And it's still not awkward. That guy was, didn't feel weird about saying these nice things to me at all. I felt weird about receiving them initially, but it works. It developed into one of, the, one of my favorite relationships right now. And if there's ever a place for it to be awkward, that's it. So even if it is a little bit awkward, and, and whoever that you're going to talk to this week, just it's always so worth it in the long run. I think if we start to develop habits of communicating this way, uh, we, we will find a deepening and growing sense of love and appreciation for one another. And that will pour out into our community, um, potentially transforming our lives and the lives of the people uh, that we care about all around us. Pretty simple. Let's pray. God, thank you for the gift that other people are in our lives. Thank you that we don't have to, uh, that we weren't made to be alone and that we don't have to be alone. God, I pray that you would give us all the uh, courage and determination to be more clear and direct with people in communicating that we're grateful for them. I pray that we would uh, all be um, driven to have and develop and cultivate healthier relationships that reveal um, your love and grace for the world, to the world. We love you, God. Amen.